Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Lydia Ross. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing very well today. Thank cool. you. Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Um, uh, so you are the, and I'm, I'm probably going to get your exact title incorrect, but you are in charge of educational outreach for the Museum of Contemporary Art? I am the manager of school and teacher programs at okay. the Museum of Contemporary Art. Yes. That is very cool to me. I, um, As I bring up whenever we have any sort of outreach professional on, I have a background in it, and I there's I just get very squishy inside when it comes to outreach. So I'm very excited to to talk to you about what you do. Um, so would you mind um, telling us um, kind of just like the nitty gritty, like what's what's the I guess elevator pitch? I don't know why I'm being so awkward about this. Um, but uh, what is it that you do in uh, in coordinating just these programs? Sure. So I am a member of, I believe we now have a team of 11 uh, full-time staff members in our learning and public programs department. Mm -hmm. And I should point out that we recently changed the name of our department from education um, as kind of an acknowledgement that education has a somewhat formal kind of top-down people come to the museum to receive knowledge and mm -hmm. then we bestow it on you and then you leave and you're better um, which you're actually better. is not at all how our programs operate um, so we changed it to learning and public programs mm -hmm. and cool. I'm in the kind of learning team so I work with colleagues who are working on family youth and then I tackle the school and teacher programs mm -hmm. um, and essentially all of our work thinks about how artists and contemporary art can be springboards for dialogue and action about the kind of pressing issues of our time. Awesome. So for the most part, we serve young people through programs on site at the museum. And one of the distinguishing features of the work that we do is that all of the programs are led by artists. So wow. I am the program manager, but you will never see me taking a group of kids around leading a tour. Mm -hmm. We have a team of 12 artist guides who are part-time staff members at the museum, and they lead all of the school tours, they lead teacher programs, they design family day workshops, they run wow. our teen creative agency, which is awesome, and I can tell you more about that. Yeah. Um, and they all have active studio practices and we and educate you know educational backgrounds working with young people mm -hmm. um, but more than anything they have a kind of burning curiosity and respect for young people um, and are genuinely excited to kind of use works of contemporary art as mediating tools for engaging in kind of students lived experiences whether they're first graders or 12th graders um, and having really of inquiry-based conversations in the gallery, kind of what do you see and how does it connect to what's happening in the world or mm -hmm. in your own life? Um, so we see about 10,000 students, primarily from Chicago, but not exclusively, and predominantly about 90% from Chicago public schools. Wow. Yeah. And another reason that I was really excited, so I... I I moved to Chicago basically for this job. And yeah. one of the real 
selling points for me about this museum is that we pay for and coordinate all the busing for all Chicago public school students. So the programs are all free for Illinois students, but we put our money where our mouths are and yeah. say we know that, you know, getting a bus to come to a museum is a huge barrier. Right. So you sign up to bring your kids, you get the permissions, and the rest is on us. We coordinate wow. the bus, we bring you here, we have amazing artist guides who are ready to leave, you know, lead mm-hmm. you around and who are genuinely curious to know what your students have to think uh, or what they have to say, rather. Um, and it's incredible to watch. That is such an interesting thing to me because I feel like contemporary art and, and even art just in general has such a uh, um, stereotype and like negative connotation that it's not practical, but that is like the most practical outreach solution that there probably is, especially for like public. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, and so I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about like, like what do you think it is about like, do you think it's just that you're doing this work in Chicago that lent that that what the social dynamics call for needs that level of of um, practicality of uh, maybe do you know what I, do you know what I'm saying? Is there a better word for that? But like that. Uh, so the um, I guess like are are you talking about how you know the the museum is able to aid with the organization of the I of guess the, actual, the thing yeah. from uh, that I that I'm thinking of is a lot of the folk there's like a, a a podcast that I listen to a lot and the woman that runs it uh, also does like after school stuff in Brooklyn um, and I and so like the what cities uh, what public schools and cities really need is mm-hmm. like after school programming and because of the fact that like so many folks are low income it's just a very and so I guess what I mean by practical is that I, it's very much what people actually need versus what people think that they need, if that makes sense. Well, I think what the museum does is think about, we we know that we have something of value to offer mm-hmm. young people and educators and families, and we know that there are a lot of barriers to entry. For sure. And by barriers mm-hmm. to entry, I mean both literally how do we get people to the museum, and then how do we facilitate entering into dialogue around a work of art or kind of entering into a meaningful encounter with a work of art. Mm. So I think definitely, you know, removing just the biggest barrier, which is the cost of getting 30, you know, a classroom of students to the museum, let alone, you know, if if there are many teachers in a school that all want to come the cost is not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, That's yeah. really cool. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you, you're talking about there being many barriers to getting kids to be able to appreciate, not appreciate art, because that's, I think it's kind of secondary in, like, getting kids to just even come. But um, just, like, getting kids to even be exposed to it. I think that you know, the idea of there being barriers is so incredibly true. And I know that in my experience, like, figuring out ways to kind of break down those barriers and make it seem like, not make it seem, but actually, like, draw back the curtains and be like, this is what it's about. Like, it's it's not bow ties. It's not, you know, it's not 
you know, Paris loft studios. It's not years. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's people expressing themselves. Right. And I, I think maybe what you're kind of alluding to is this idea between the real barriers of I don't have the money to send a bus to take our students to the museum yeah. and perceived barriers. Yes, exactly. And that's something that we, you know, if you're a nine-year-old coming to the museum or you're a high school student coming to the museum and contemporary art has this kind of veil of mystery or inaccessibility or the kind of white cube, um, it's a perceived barrier because once our artist guides kind of start asking questions, like a nine-year-old has very sophisticated opinions about mm. what they're seeing. And if they don't like it, they might, you know, it, whether they like it or not like it, that can be a starting point for diving into a really sophisticated conversation about social issues or like the journey of how they got from school to the museum and how that's similar to the way that this artist is talking about journeys. And, you know, the the kind of lived experience of the people that are coming into the museum, uh, it's already there. People's opinions and responses to the work, it's already there. And I think what's exciting about our programs, um, and right now I'm just speaking about school tours, but mm-hmm. we have a lot of other programs, which I'm excited <laughs> to tell you about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like the artist guides are a catalyst for conversation and engagement that m- people are totally capable of having, but maybe wouldn't have it without that kind of mediating force. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, so I know that the, one of the things we also want to make sure we talk to you about, which is I think the thing that was like, oh, we definitely want it, was that you actually just won an award for your work, right? I did. Yeah. (laughs) And so I want to, because what I want to also do is, I want to kind of like figure out a timeline for the work in which you're doing, if that makes sense. Sure. So um, how long has the um, MCA been doing this kind of outreach work? Uh, For a long time. And I don't want to speak inaccurately. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary. Cool. We're looking good. Uh, Yeah, right, right, right. We're looking really fresh. We're currently killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I know that education, not what it looks like today, but kind of education programming and that community engagement and outreach Mm -hmm. and kind of different forms of invitation to the public um, have been around since the museum was started 50 mm-hmm. years ago. That was really kind of a core value when it was first a scrappier yeah. upstart place on, you know, on Erie. Right. Um, but when I, so I've been at the museum in my current position for four and a half years. Wow. And when I started, the artist guide program was, you know, already renowned and I think that had been going on since the very early 2000s mm-hmm. um, before that I don't know exactly what the kind of school tour model was mm-hmm. but I stepped into an incredible team that was already doing really innovative work that you know, one of the things that attracted me most to the museum is I think a lot of times education is uh, quite literally on the fringes or the margins of a museum. It, the offices are in the basement and students <laughs> have a separate entrance and mm-hmm. they're kind of literally kind of moved off to the side on the fringes. And 
the museum programming puts learning at the kind of center of what the museum is all about. And in our renovation, I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, come in the last few months, but we switched around um, where our former studios were, where our old cafe was. And we've now put learning in the literal architectural heart of the museum. Oh, wow. So what that means is you walk up the big staircase and you go down the kind of atrium hallway and you enter into this space called the Commons, which has these gorgeous planters that a design duo from Mexico City made. And they have, it was kind of their way of creating a winter garden inside the museum. That's awesome. It's beautiful. Um, The planters have lights coming out of them that cast shadows on the walls and there's i don't know 20 different kinds of plants um and custom furniture that's comfortable to sit on and cushiony and that is a space for public programming wow and then we created a third floor where there used to be just kind of a big ceiling in Mm -hmm. the cafe and that third floor is now our education studios or learning studios so when and that looks out onto lake michigan so the kids who are coming for workshops have the best view in the whole building. That's wild. Um, yeah, and I think it uh, it just says a lot about the museum that in a renovation, which wasn't an expansion, it was just a rethinking of mm-hmm. our spaces. Um, and it's it's visible. You yeah. can walk into the museum, you kind of see the teaser of the planters, but if you look up, you can see kids, right. the teachers, or the teen group kind of doing their thing um, in a really transparent way. So wow. it's a it's a long way of saying that education has always been a core part of the museum. It was amazing when I started, and it's getting better and better. That's so, so the first, when you were talking about the view that the kids have, the first thing that came to mind is the fact that a lot of, a lot of underfunded schools are on the west side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that you know, the kids get to come and they get to experience something that they possibly have never experienced before. And they do it in a view that they don't get to see very often. They get to do it, you know, looking out over something that's not a part of their everyday life. And that's the lake. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. just the fact that, first of all, they get to hang out in just this like beacon of uh, of an art museum and like a like honestly just like a gem of the chicago art scene and then also get to do it in such a beautiful place is fantastic and like so so cool yeah i think it's it is cool it's amazing and i think um one of the programs that i can speak a little bit more about is our multiple visit program where we bring element groups of elementary school students um for multiple field trips and kind of build a relationship with us. Wow, yeah. But I think one of the what something that one of our artist guides likes to say in their intro to a tour is, you know, kind of acknowledging the majesty of the MCA <laughs> and being able to see the lake and that's amazing and everyone should see the lake. It's gorgeous. But also asking the students, you know, where do you see art in your own neighborhood? Mm. Who who makes art? You know, does your mom make art? Do you make art? Where, when you're walking to school or you're walking to your friend's house, where do you see art? And sometimes it's like, well, there's a mural or, 
you know, my grandma's a painter. And so mm-hmm. trying not to make it a super hierarchical, yeah. like, Absolutely. you've made it to the lake. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, you saw the lake. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But also, like, helping students then go back and see where they live maybe in a new way or mm-hmm. have the museum be another voice that's saying we recognize you know all of the assets and culture yeah. that already exists in your classroom in your school in your neighborhood in your families mm-hmm. so i think that's as important absolutely, absolutely. yeah and i'm well, i'm glad you yeah, yeah i'm glad you brought that up i think something that i uh kind of think about a lot is i i don't know why i keep circling back to the idea of like what perceived experiences of what contemporary art can be is Mm -hmm. but I think another thing that a lot of folks think about is like that it can be subversive Mm -hmm. and I think a lot about there's like a quote I don't remember whose quote it is now so apologies to anyone that immediately hears this quote and goes like (laughs) I know who you're quoting but it's just like they can they'll tell you in the comments yeah right 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 right. absolutely (laughs) but like the idea that like sometimes the most revolutionary thing that you can do is just say what's happening Mm -hmm. and I think that that's an interesting kind of um parallel to what it's it, it from my experiences what and from uh experiences of that i've kind of like heard of and gathered about the mca um the idea of just doing good research and thorough research and like reaching out to people directly like the idea like i think that that's something that seems very important to you all and it also it it seems something really important when you're developing a program that takes education first so seriously um and so but what i'm kind of curious so what i'm curious about here is like are there moments when you're developing the work that you do where uh I'm trying to think of not the cliche way. To, the cliche way to ask this question is where you're like, oh, is this too edgy? Like, is this, do you know what I mean by that? Or like, mm. the, I guess what I'm really trying to say is like, where, mm, like the, how, how does, what does the work that you do end up like most, like, cause you, you mentioned a lot that a lot of it has to do with highlighting where it is in, in their lives and obviously also bringing sure. them into what, the museum is experiencing but i guess my question is is like in in what ways are these experiences maybe more universal than than people would think um well to go back to the unsighted quotation yeah yeah <laughs> it made me think about something that one of our artist guides this amazing artist louis sahagun um, he was leading a group of students uh, who are part of our space program, which I am excited to tell you about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that program is an acronym for the School Partnership for Art and Civic Engagement. Mm-hmm. And I will give you the pitch for that in a second. Yes. But he was touring students uh, who are part of this program. It was their first visit to the museum. And the tour was thinking about the kind of intersection between art and civic engagement. Mm-hmm. And Luis said contemporary artists call attention to things happening in the world so that we can talk about them. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a, you know, for people that do this work every day, it's like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, wow, that is such a simple and profound way of talking about what art does. Yeah. And what the yeah. role of the artist can be. Um, and I think to the question of, you know, is the content too edgy or is the work too edgy i mean we're 
we're all living in this world right now. And it's, you know, contemporary artists are tackling edgy issues in edgy ways. And I think it's really important to our team that we don't shy away from that. Um, and that we give students, you know, through the examples of contemporary art, through talking about contemporary art, through the art making that we do in programs like Space, we, we already know that students have a voice, but we're also interested in giving them a creative toolkit to take action around the issues that they care about. Mm. So what are kind of, I mean, literally, if you're thinking about a kind of toolkit that you're wearing around your waist, maybe not literally, a metaphorical <laughs> toolkit that you're carrying around your waist, how do you draw from these different modes of art making and expression to use your voice in the public sphere around things that you care about mm -hmm. and maybe learn how to do it in a bunch of different ways than you thought was possible? Um, because a, there's so many different kinds of art making yeah. and I think it's you know the way that art is taught in schools in general to be acknowledging that there are incredible you know and I worked with them personally thousands of amazing educators but I would say in general people have the idea that art is painting and that artists are wearing berets and painting their bread and apple still lives and <laughs> you know and and so just saying no there i mean yes that's that is what artists do and it's valid but there's all these different ways of engaging with the world um, and thinking about you know the kind of range of impact that artists can have on civic discourse and civic action so yeah, the school partnership for art and civic engagement, the space program. And if you guys want to contribute, if you have any other new space related puns, I'm like space launch, inner space, outer space, um, you know, we have, we have to keep it fun. So if yeah. you have any, if you have any ideas as you're hearing about the program for new space related puns, I'm yeah. eagerly accepting them. Absolutely. Um, well, I, yeah, I'd love to hear more more about the space program. Yeah. <laughs> Not funded by NASA, funded by the MCA. Um, so the space program is a multi-year partnership that the museum has with Chicago Public High Schools. And it's basically thinking about the role that contemporary art and these artistic strategies can play in supporting young people's civic engagement. Okay. So the way that the program works is that we kind of enter into a multi-year partnership. We're working with two high schools. And I've talked a lot about the artist guides and kind of the this precious resource of the living artist that we mm -hmm. get to work with in our programs. So we have hired um, embedded artists uh, or artists who have socially engaged practices. So they're not necessarily making work isolated in a studio. They're thinking about civic issues mm -hmm. out in the world they're engaging with different publics they have they're working in a variety of different media mm -hmm. and they become the artists in residence at a school we call them kind of embedded artists and we build out a studio space for them out oh of God. a space that in the schools that was underutilized abandoned not fully used mm -hmm. and transform it into their studio and they are... And y'all fund that build-out? We do. That's so <laughs> cool. Yeah. So the art, these 
socially engaged embedded artists who are in the school, the same artist is in the school for three years. Wow. And they're working primarily, the kind of core team is the artist, art teachers, and civics teachers. And they're designing interdisciplinary curriculum around contemporary art and civic engagement. So again, how do we kind of understand what this wide world of contemporary art is? What are the different strategies or tools that contemporary artists use to raise awareness, spark discourse, agitate for policy changes? Mm -hmm. And how do we kind of sh share those with young people and help them take action, real action, not conversation in the classroom, but yeah. take real action in their communities about the issues that they care most about. Mm -hmm. Not what is the artist coming in, caring most about, and kind of telling the students to work on, yeah. but how does that artist kind of open up all of these possibilities for students to then take creative action. And you might say that this artist is coming in and creating a safe space. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about the safe space term, but yes, yeah. a, new, a new space for sure. Yeah. An cool. experimental space and a space that didn't necessarily exist at the school before. Yeah. I think there's a lot of desire from all of the teachers that I've worked with from across dozens, if not hundreds at this point, different schools. There is a hunger for interdisciplinary collaboration and a real curiosity. You know, what is the English teacher doing? What's, right. What are, what are those art students doing over there? But there's so many demands on teachers um, and the kind of grind of the school day um, that putting this artist into the school kind of creates this mechanism for collaboration that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it, it's adding new energy to it, and it's absolutely and it, it. I keep kind of like circling back to this idea of like it is very much taking what's actually realistically happening in these in these spaces and in schools and public schools and and acknowledging what they actually need versus what right. people think they need, which I I think is a huge issue uh, with outreach programs generally. It's just like kind of being like. Oh, here's, you know, I don't know. Like Well, a, a kind of a trope with like specifically opera outreach is that like <laughs> yeah. it's they can they can go in and um funnily enough be pretty tone deaf. Mm -hmm. Um they'll go in and to like an inner city <laughs> they'll go in and to like an inner city school and just like put on like a regular a very like conventional performance of like Tosca or something like that. Or like, do you and want then, to learn about Mozart? We've set them to uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yeah, and it's just like, it's like, what does this have to do with my life? You right. Know? Right. Um, no, I think that it's it, in in talking about like kind of fueling collaboration, but also being sensitive to what the teachers are able to give. Like, I know, for instance, that like whenever I've taught, like I used to teach like musical theater classes to dance students at a dance academy and like I would I would go in and, and just be like burned out and mm -hmm. like what really kind of like re-engaged me and lit a fire underneath me is when somebody came in being like I heard about this thing can you tell me about it mm -hmm. and the idea of introducing a new force like 
Um, like a like a younger, not I mean, not necessarily younger because that's weird and ageist, but like a um, just like a new force in this school that is specifically there to fuel interesting conversations, such yes. that a kid, you know, a student could approach a teacher and be like, "Hey, I heard from the MCA artist that." There's there was this movement that talked about this, and he mentioned that it was books. And you're the English teacher, so can you talk to me about that? And well, I want to kind of circle this back around to um, something that you've mentioned, and that we also read about when we were reading about your work and about the award that you received, and and re- heard uh, you were reading to me the quote that they quoted one of one of them that they were talking about. But you talked a bit about collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I know I've been circling around a lot, especially because mm-hmm. like I've been, we've, uh, we and a bunch of people we know and like podcasts that people we know listen to have been calling 2018 collaborate teen. It's kind of the like oh, thing of the year. I haven't year. heard that yet. Yeah. yeah no, it's <laughs> okay. a good, I, I really like it, but I, I kind of in that way, I'm curious kind of like what collaboration means to you and like how it's kind of come through in your work. Yeah, uh, I think about collaboration all the time. I mean, it's just what I'm doing right. every day. Um, and it's something, again, one of the things that was pretty obvious in uh, like getting a sense of the institution and the department as I was like interviewing for the job now what feels like a million years ago. <laughs> um, it was clear, I mean... I said, you know, the artist guides are delivering the school tours. The students come in, they get introduced to the artist, and off they go. Mm-hmm. But there's no single person that's completely in charge of any program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I help organize the professional development, and I'm thinking a lot about it. I think collaboration is so much about recognizing or being curious about the expertise that other people have and a kind of humbleness that you don't know everything Mm -hmm. um and that is a really exciting part of the culture of our work environment is that no one and i think this is true of education people with the hunger to learn (laughs) and share (laughs) learning um is that no one holds all the answers Mm -hmm. and that by kind of bringing together the expertise and curiosities of a lot of different people um it just makes it just makes the work better it makes the work more interesting and the way that all of our programs are set up they require collaboration Mm -hmm. so yeah in the space program it is a true collaboration between the teachers the school principals the assistant principals the facilities team you know how do we like when does the trash get picked up at the school and how do we help like all of these questions about you know we're a museum and it's really exciting that we're making this investment to be out in these schools for multiple years but it would be a disaster if we came in and assumed that things ran the same way as they do at the museum or that you know, we know all this stuff about contemporary art, so here it is. It's a collaboration partially because it has to be, otherwise it's not going to succeed, and a collaboration because that's the way that the best ideas happen. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and otherwise it just, like, disrupts the ecosystem of the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> disrupts the ecosystem even of how 
you know, I think as you were mentioning, bringing an artist into a school in this way creates an incredible new energy. But teachers still have to get through, you know, all of the requirements of their AP government class and students need to learn how a bill is passed mm -hmm. and yeah. you know and so we can't we can't come in and say everything's art all the time I yeah mean, kind of that's true <laughs> you know everything can be talked about through the lens of art and artistic examples but it's recognizing you know we need to we need to know what you are required to do and what yeah. we want to offer and how do we do that really creatively yeah i i think that's a really interesting thought and i because what the idea from what I'm kind of been thinking about with collaboration is just like how much you need to leave your own goals and egos like personally at the door and like try to meet. And I feel like that way about education too, where you have to really meet people from where they are, mm -hmm. I think is super important. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm curious um, because of the, how I, I I'm curious what are some of the finer details of like what how what makes because I think both the MCA and obviously Chicago Public Schools are such like high prestige I guess maybe is the wrong word but like they're they're, they're institutions yeah and there are a lot of moving parts in both of them and so yes. kind of finding where like like what has been I'm basically what I'm trying to get to is like we're trying to better understand how folks can best collaborate. So I'm kind of curious for you, um, working with these uh, pieces of the puzzle that can have so much uh, weight attached to them because they are part of institutions sometimes. Like people have teacher all of these teachers have so many different aspects of their jobs, but in the same way, I'm sure there's a ton of communication with them. Like what has been, your um, methodology of most success? Um, in terms of successful collaboration or... Yeah, just... And, and the, you don't have to directly answer exactly how I worded that question because I'm kind of like figuring it out as sure, I go. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm just trying to... My Generally, I'm just trying to like... If, if you have like... Oh, this is such a weird question. But if you just have like tips of like how it's best done this is weird i don't know i i have a fully formed question oh. if that's fair okay sure yeah <laughs> not that yours isn't fully formed but my mine is very direct yeah uh to what extent do you as the coordinator of of this particular program um how much of a hand do you have in the actual event planning at a particular school mm. or do you like do you you know install the artist in the school and then kind of back off or do you have i mean not entirely back off because you know there needs to be like a checking in process right, but yeah right. but yeah no sorry go ahead yeah i mean i i think to to maybe try to answer the musings and the question together yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know i think it's collaboration and kind of leading to my role as the manager, um, it's really thinking about what what do we as a museum have to, or what do I as a person have to 
offer the people that I'm working with or trying to serve. And I think that that almost goes back to the this idea of the name change that I was saying with our department, going from the education department to the learning department. Mm. Um, and this idea that we know that we have a lot of resources to offer educators. We know that there's a lot that we can offer and catalyze and do in these schools, but really having an understanding through frank dialogue and soliciting a lot of feedback and doing a lot of reflection around like, we think that this is something that would be helpful to you. Let's Mm -hmm. try it out. Was that helpful? Was that what you needed? (laughs) Okay. So part of that was what you needed. Part of it kind of felt useless. Part (laughs) of it, you know, like with teacher programs in general, I think there's a balance between um, how do we like give you a breath of fresh air from, you know, the insane amounts of work that you guys do and the heart soul that you put into your work and take you to a new place and provide some resources and provide inspiration and get your brain firing in a new way, but also make it practical enough that when you leave, you're not like, well, that was really inspiring. What do I like? What do I do with my what do I do with that? How do Mm -hmm. I take that back to the classroom? So I think that's helped us refine a lot of our programs over the years is by saying genuinely is this what you need? Mm-hmm. And okay, it is. Th- that's what you need. Are we doing it the right way? Can you tell? Can you give us feedback? How do we do it better? Okay, we're doing it better. How can we do it even better? I mean, it's a constant. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's programs that we run that I think are in really good shape, and we're like, yep, this is the structure. This is how we do the professional development. This is what happens with your students. But we're always like, is that is that how we do it? Is that was that right? <laughs> Um, not in like an apot like oh like an insecure way and mm-hmm. like we know we can always be learning and the conditions are constantly changing. And I think m- maybe to a certain extent this relates to answering your question about my role in the school. We are coming into the school, the space schools with goals and outcomes and a theory of change and you know like we believe that with the artist and the art teachers and the civics teachers and the engagement with the whole school and community members, we're going to change civic education and, you know, radicalize civic engagement opportunities for mm. young people. Um, and, you know, then we bring it down to, okay, and we're doing it by the artist co-teaching in select classrooms and planning curriculum with the teachers. And there's a certain number of hours that, the, you know, Kind yeah. of setting up. So I do a lot of the setting up of like, what's the container of space? Yeah. We also have a curricular framework. So we, you know, aren't going in totally open saying like, all right, contemporary art, civic engagement, like, go. What does that do it? <laughs> We're, we have um, a framework for how do we take, whether it's an art class or a civics class or civics that's being taught in the context of an AP government class. Um, I refer to space. So at one of our high schools, Curie, uh, we're working with two incredible AP government teachers. Um, and I've referred to space as like the turducken in their classroom because it's like <laughs> the space curriculum inside of the civics content, which is inside of the AP government class. And somehow they're like, yep, we're on board. We're doing it all. Um, but the space curricular framework is basically saying, how do we like intro unit 
what is contemporary art? What is civic engagement? Going back to that amazing quote from Luis, like just talking about like, yeah, artists make work about the world to call attention to things happening in the world so we can talk about it. And for a lot of us, that's like, oh, I hadn't really thought about it that way. Yeah. How do we look at contemporary art? How do we make sense of it? How do we use it in our classroom to have conversations? So the intro unit, like whatever space class we're in, I'm helping. I'm. This is the intro unit. Here are some tools. Come to the MCA. We're going to lead your students on a field trip. And then there's four, I think, four other kind of steps that are thinking about how do we take students on this learning journey from kind of identifying and looking critically at the issues that they care about in their community to how do you do like artists do how do you do research into what those issues are and Mm. is the issue you know what are the root causes of the issues is it really poverty or is it something you know uh, not a great example isn't coming to me but yeah a lot of times what we think the issue is we dig a little bit deeper through research and we realize, oh, it actually, it's not about the trash pickup. It's about inequitable funding across the different wards of Chicago. You know, right. that kind of Absolutely. thing. And then having students, and then also saying, it's not just your opinion. It's not just how you feel about an issue. How do other people feel about the issue? So part of the space program is also getting kids outside of the school to talk to people in the local community or get community partners local organizers to come in and talk to students then radical imaginings what do you want to do about it don't think practically think like an artist what's your vision for how to tackle these issues and then what's our plan for change so that's a framework that we go through with you know and that can happen in any of these classes so my role is to kind of keep all of the moving parts happening and to kind of keep the bigger picture in mind like this is this is the journey we're taking students on it's going to look different depending who the artist is depending who the teachers are depending who the students are but you know we're we're all kind of along the same path um and also just being another person that can help uh say you know we need to pull the teachers out to do a planning meeting today and kind of being that institutional voice that can help with the logistics that make the big meaty conversations happen yeah wow. well um we actually only have a couple minutes left so we should wrap up um but the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one minute plug usually it's for anything they have upcoming but um you know it can also be we love hearing about uh if you want to give any shout outs for other folks that are doing dope work or uh just kind of any self-care stuff that you've been consuming movies tv shows or the like also just Shouting out the MCA and and your work. Yeah, shout out to the MCA. Shout out to the Artist Guides (laughs) and Marissa and Ellen and Grace and everyone else in my department. Nice. And Damon Locks, who's the artist at Good, and Samantha Hill, who's the artist at Curie. They're incredible, and I could spend separate podcasts talking about each of them. Um, Oh, my gosh. I mean, my New Year's resolution for 2018 was to prioritize my basic human functions, mm. which I think is, like, <laughs> at the root of, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of, like, contemporary. It's like, oh, yeah, like, it's about the world. Like, oh, right, like, e- eating when you're hungry and, like, right. sleeping a lot. Um, so shout out to basic human functions. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's the, that is a first, but a needed, <laughs> a very much needed first. Yeah. 
Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways you can do that. The first is to head to scopymag.com. That is our website. We post all of our articles and all of our podcast episodes there. uh, So you can keep up with all that sweet, sweet content. Uh, Otherwise, you can find us on social media. Uh, We have a Facebook group. It's called Sounding Board. Check that out. It's really fun space where we just kind of kvetch and hang out it's really cool otherwise you can like us on facebook scopy magazine you can also like our pet project kantara an opera rpg on its new facebook page um otherwise you can keep up with us on instagram twitter tumblr google play radio public and itunes podcasts under scopy mag and we spell that s-c-a-p-i-m-a-g and as always i'm here to emphasize the importance of donations we run on a shoestring budget everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity so first of all thank you so much second of all we could use a little bit more help if you're in a position to give you can head to our website scopymag.com and go to our donate section there are a couple ways that you can give first of all you can do a one-time donation if you choose to do that you will have our eternal gratitude otherwise for as little as five dollars a month you can support our mission of up lifting local arts and independent media. If you're interested in giving on a higher level or in advertising opportunities, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.